A brief message from your friendly neighborhood editing Jordan. We tend to try to keep things pretty PG-13 around here, but this is an improv podcast. So who knows what we're going to say. Sometimes we throw in some swearing, some sexual content, and some violence. So as a general warning, viewer discretion is advised. Also to be noted, the opinions stated about a certain tabletop role-playing game are just that, our opinions. We love the game and we like talking about it. So any criticisms are really just all in good fun. That being said, wizards, please hire us. All right, with that out of the way, let's get on with the show. That's, that's him. too much power. No, that's him getting spring locked, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. What? <laughs> Tumblr, do your thing. Don't. What, Don't you want, you want Tumblr that. to put you in a that. spring lock suit? But hot. Don't, I, don't, I do really think, don't think you understand what you're asking for. Do you think William Afton's hot? You don't? Do you want to have sex with William Afton? No. Why'd you ruin oh. a good thing? Because I didn't want you to have it. That's true. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Nat One Podcast, aka Nope, because nope, you're not gonna want to hear what we're about to have to say. I'm Pertusa. I'm Levi. And I'm Jordan. Uh, if you want more pictures like this, Google William Afton R34. Do not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I would have sex with Matthew Lillard. That's a completely uh-huh. different question. <laughs> Is it? I've, I no, feel I think like... it's the same question. He no, is I... the on-screen version of William Afton now. And he did a really good job. He did, he do, did a really do a really good, good job. job. He <laughs> did say the line, Bart. He said, I always come back. I always come back. I'm so... Spoilers, okay. Spoilers for the FNAF movie. If you we're getting into it. it. That's Whereas what we're is, talking about if you haven't This is the FNAF guessed. episode. Giant spoilers for the FNAF movie. <laughs> uh, what, how's that song go? I've already got the idea what the title of this episode should be. Uh, what's what's the sad song? You gotta give me more context. <laughs> Taryn knows it. What's the sad song, what? Taryn? There are many what? sad songs. Taryn's what do you a human mean? Shazam. Taryn, what's uh, that song? I yeah, don't true. know. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. True. Leaving my child uh, behind. Real. No, it's the one I think world is either in just in the chorus or it's in the title. Everyone wants to sing it at open mic night because they think they're hot stuff. Wonderwall? No, it's a, it's World in the title. Mad World? Yeah, Mad World. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's the name of the episode. It's a FNAF World. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Find a kind oh of funny exactly. oh, kind of sad. That's where you were going with that? <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Some call, uh, some people call me Jack Armstrong. The way I be reaching. Taryn's joining us for this episode. Yay! Yeah. Say yeah. hi to Taryn, everyone. Uh-huh. Is that he's even necessary here. anymore? He's like, the, <laughs> yeah, like, he's the mascot. He's well, just yeah, but he's been here. He's been forcing himself to be silent for the last like three episodes, and I don't know why. He's I don't know. Here. He just, just doesn't here. talk. <laughs> I've been doing other stuff during it. So. Uh, oh, you've been mascot. listening to your roommate talk about warrior cats. 
Yeah, true. Uh-huh. true. Uh, well, we've I've been listening to that. We've been listening though, to your so. roommate talk about Warrior Cats. I get so many of those books. Like they, that is not for your roommate's age. I just got to <laughs> tell you. I I think Taryn's aware. I think... <laughs> this is not like a Harry Potter situation. It is not fun for all ages. It is an exclusive age range. It's fun for. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but speaking of things being exclusively fun for certain ages, uh-huh. the FNAF movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good transition <laughs> good transition in fact because i have one statistic to share that i'm looking at right now <clears throat> do tell do tell 94 percent of the audience for the fnaf movie this weekend were under the age of 35 that does not surprise me in the slightest uh-huh i thought that under the age of was going to be a lot lower than 35 when you, I when you started <laughs> honestly i feel like if you go to 30 it's probably like 90 percent of the population you're just lowering the stat the main population is like gonna be millennials and gen z Mm. oh i've been talking about it at the place that i work all the time and nobody else is with it a lot of them are too old but even the ones that are my age you're like i don't care for it and i'm like you're not real you're not a real person (laughs) you don't exist this is our michael jackson Like, this is our thing that permeates it's our, our cultural touchstone. It's our cultural yes. touchstone. Everyone what, what who is Gen Z reference. and millennials should know about it. If you don't, you're out of the loop. That's exactly. that's my workplace. It's been the hot thing. Everybody's really excited for it and has been talking about it. There you go. See? There you go. You, you are not a real person if you are our age and you don't care about this. <laughs> uh, which brings me to my second statistic to share with you all, and then we can actually discuss stuff. Um, the FNAF movie on its opening weekend or its opening day earned more money than the Super Mario movie. That's wild. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. That makes sense. Officially better video game movie than the Mario movie. <laughs> it is the most, the highest earning video game movie right now on opening day. That's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah, good job, Scott. Oh my god, what does this mean that you are actually a fan of a Blumhouse movie? When Yep. yep. When do you think that uh when did the first <laughs> FNAF game come out? 2014? 2014. 2014. Do you think when Scott Cawthon sat down Cawthon Cawthon sat, <laughs> sat down to make this little like not very not very long drawn out game, a short little indie game. Do you think he could have ever envisioned that he would make a movie no. that was going to be like uh, 100% blowing not. everyone out of the water. He was no, working at a Dollar he's... General at the time that he made that game <laughs> as a yeah, cashier. B- before that, the only games that he had made were uh, Christian children's games. Yeah, that's wild. It's it's just wild where like how His things journey? can change. Yeah, nine years later, almost ten, but nine years mm-hmm. later, I've been watching all the people, all the FNAF YouTubers that. The ones that got to take a tour of the set, as well as Matt Pat's like debrief of him being. I want to uh, watch yeah, his video. I wanted to I wait until it. after I got out of the movie. Yeah, I yeah. watched it last night. I watched it as well. So, very cool. Good on you, Scott. I'm glad you were a big part of my childhood and several others. Yeah, yeah. we're glad to have been part of the journey and hope it keeps going. Especially yeah. since you had a thing in the in the credits at the beginning that was called Scott Cawthon Productions. Yeah, I doubt mm-hmm. this will be your only credit in that company. <laughs> and like I said, when we were at the movies, Matthew Lillard's contract is for multiple FNAF movies and not just one. So, three, yeah. yeah, so they're mold. And I mean, like we just said, it's been immensely profitable. So there's no way we're not at least getting a second one mm-hmm. at this point. We'll see. 
I yes. personally hope we get as many as there are games. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's a lot of games in a, a short amount of time. But honestly, honestly, there's not that many. It's just there was a bunch for a little bit. But now they've been spaced out a bit more. Mm. Yeah. Because like the first five came quick. The first five were like three years apart in yeah. total. But since then, it slowed down a lot. Unless you count True. like AR, the little phone game. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember what the actual name of it is. Everyone just calls it FNAF AR. <laughs> and Security Breach and Ruin, which are by Steel Wool Studios now anymore. Ruin has come to our family. That was last week. I know. <laughs> no one watched it. No one liked that. <laughs> <clears throat> We don't have anyone in the nostalgia crowd coming back to watch it. No, the only person Dylan. I can hope for is Dylan. Yeah, Dylan's probably watching it. He was really excited when <laughs> he was going to stream <laughs> Darkest Dungeon again. Oh, I only did it for him, too. You would. You would do it for Dylan. Mm-hmm. I lost, like, mm-hmm. five characters. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rusty. <laughs> well, over, overall, overall, then, if we want to give it, like, an out of ten, how did everyone feel about the movie, then? Nah. Let's start with that. FNAF out of 10? Mm. Okay. Like a 7. Okay. I, I'm i going to have to go 6.5. Okay. I gave it an 8 when we were walking out of the theater, and I think I still stick with 8. Mm. I think it sits outside of a scale of measurability. <laughs> Hence, FNAF out of 10. FNAF well, out see, of here's, 10. The, here's the thing. I have to already, because I've been laughing at the Rotten Tomatoes scores coming in with the fan rating, oh which is always God. the thing. The fan rating is so much higher than the critic rating. And I think it's with this kind of stuff, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a rant for a second. With mm. these kinds of movies when they come out, this is why I don't trust a lot of movie critics because they are judging it solely based off of technical aspects, not necessarily like the source material or the cultural impact or just enjoyment of a film. That's yeah. the thing that is not in the actual judging criteria of movies when they're judged by these critics on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes is not like how fun was it to sit in the theater and watch <laughs> mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. generally first off i think uh anybody that consumes media and our movies with an ounce of like integrity and, and sense of uh criticism attached knows not to trust movie critics they yeah. have not been good yeah. for as long as game critics have not been good <clears throat> uh, or reliable <laughs> oh but Imagine. everyone else is an armchair critic. But honestly, we're deserving. We we are an educated populace now. We can make that decision. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. um, typically, I would argue and be like, well, I want them to be detached from the connection to this, but not for the FNAF movie. Well, and you can't really, and this is coming from a film student perspective, you can't really be detached from the cultural impact of the media that you're judging because inherently that's the point of film. So, like, you really can't ignore what kind of culture is happening around the movie in order to judge. There's no objective judging of movies. If I were going to objectively judge the FNAF movie based solely on, like, its technical aspects, it'd be, like, a 4 out of 10. Like, it's yeah. it was not a great movie. But f- with the enjoyment of it being in the theaters and for what it is, it's great. It's FNAF. It's FNAF. Mm-hmm. It was very <laughs> FNAF. And you could you you could tell that it was 
well, I mean, he's been at it for so long now, but I was going to say you could tell that it was Scott's writing, but that makes yeah. sense because he, <laughs> he wrote on it. Mm-hmm. He was the not only the producer, but he was in the writing room with two other people. Yep. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, it was it was funny when we left the theater, we got in the car and we started talking about it. And then I think it was like 10 minutes out of the theater we were we were at a light getting ready to get on the highway and i said oh my oh no are we gonna start no i'm not talking about that taryn Um, (laughs) i want to talk about that later but (laughs) or i said are we gonna start having theories about the movies now just like we had theories about the games and the answer is yes because we all agreed that when we got out of there that obviously this is probably going to be a new like movie timeline where things are similar but not quite the same to the games which opens up a whole new cadaver um yeah because because in dead by chunk if i might um yeah well i mean just considering the fact that you had a security breach character in this movie it's not going to be the same timeline and exact war as the game him a fnaf vr character okay i don't know the origin i'm assuming you're talking about vanessa because i don't know Mm -hmm. her exact origin i just know the uh the meme audio from tiktok (laughs) Mm -hmm. i just know well i know her because she was originally introduced in fnaf vr but i prefer her from her introduction in security breach where people said white woman jump scare Uh, (laughs) it was that that. a jump scare i don't know why they made that a jump scare we can get on steel wool studios another time i got something to say about them but Still, she's not from the original, like, core five games is my point. So it's going to be a different, I think they're definitely taking some liberties with the timeline, which they should. In my opinion, for these kinds of adaptations, you shouldn't just be pulling straight from, like, your source material because people don't want to see, just it's it's walking the very fine line. People don't want to see exact replicate, like, replications on the screen. They want the spirit to stay intact while also having new content to consume. And some people do just want an exact copy on the screen. That's also valid. But for the most part, a lot of what does really well is if you do a in good faith adaptation. Mm-hmm. Which is why the FNAF movie is perfect, because the FNAF timeline between the games and the books is already so convoluted. You can say pretty much any general story that takes place at a pizzeria with the Fazbear name on it, and it'll fit. Yep. exactly um going into theory corner and i'm not a pro theorist um but i did consume several theories moment like this whole month because i've been so excited the takeaway i took with it is this obviously took place between fnaf 1 and fnaf 3 in the timeline or technically fnaf 1 and fnaf uh pizzeria simulator um because fnaf pizzeria simulator is supposed to take place a few years before fnaf three which is 2015 to 2023 that's debated in the community (laughs) um this had a cell phone but it was an old flip phone so it had to have been in the early 2000s or mid 2000s uh and fnaf one is supposed to take place in roughly 1993 is the belief um so it happened after that. That was definitely the FNAF 1 animatronics and probably the FNAF 1 location. Yeah. But unlike FNAF 1, the game, it was in complete disrepair. It was shut mm-hmm. down and everything. So again, had to be after that. So it fits there. Where it deviates is Michael Schmidt is working as a guard for the first time after 
it was shut down. Unlike in the games where he's working while it's active, he has his sister, Abby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of laughed whenever they said her name for the first time. I was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing. We There's a lot to cook on this one. We were debating it as we were driving back. Yeah. Um, we're not really debating, just discussing. But so my intense debate. We were all in yeah. disagreement with each other. <laughs> Different schools of FNAF thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. a I'm a FNAF solipsist. No, uh, I'm a I'm a Matthew Pattist. I'm the <laughs> wee Matthew wee. Dream. I did your whole theater explode when the Book of Dream theory was there? No, because actually, so I had an interesting viewing experience, and part of this was intentional. Mm. Um, I did not see it in uh, the Dolby IMAX. I kind of want to go back and see it again in the Dolby IMAX theater. That one was more crowded. I saw it in the dine-in because the seats were cheaper. And so my showing was pretty empty. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we were dying when the like the very first shot of the film was a book <laughs> that said dream theory and not only was it that but it was integral to the plot yeah it, uh -huh. was, it was partially because when we were going there we had pertuse had made a little quip about dream theory on the drive yeah. to the theater making fun of it like on the way there so Amazing. then that being the first thing that popped up <laughs> we were all like yeah we were in our <laughs> seats like looking at each other like <laughs> there was a lot of that at the very beginning i leaned over to levi and pointed at something i think dream theory and then i leaned over again and said i'm gonna do this a lot sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, and we both did do it a lot i think my biggest one was when uh spoilers um i mean at, the, at this point spoilers, it goes for the whole level like, spoiler, yeah, spoiler for the rest warning. of the entire episode yeah. i'm not saying it again it's your fault if you keep watching after this when Vanessa was like, his name is, and then there was a really long pause, and I went, say his name, <laughs> William Afton. Oh, no. Maybe he's going to, and of course, only Mr. Coffin would do such a thing as, first off, put Dream Theory right there at the beginning. He did that on purpose. He did. Also, as we saw, well, if you did watch the the Matthew Patrick uh, debrief, he did mention that Scott went up to him personally and said, I chose your character name to be Ness because of the Sans theory. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny. Darren told me that I saw the name tag and was like, that has to be, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um. But yeah, it seems like uh, maybe, maybe they're going to do like a Marvelish thing where there's some Nexus things like William Afton. His name's still Afton William Afton. Is, oh God, what's his name? Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> Kang the Killer. Um, oh, what, if, what if in the next Avengers movie, William Afton shows up? <laughs> yeah, what if, buddy? That's, <laughs> that's what I'm asking. Oh, that's just you thought of Fortnite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like Mike Schmidt in the game is a cover name for Michael Afton, his son. Which at first at the beginning of the film, uh, whenever he's re when Steve Raglan, I think that was his name, right? Yeah, yes. It was something. Yep. It's not a but we all know it. everyone knew he was William Afton before we even went it, to watch the movie. Was, that was the that, big yeah. thing. Everyone yeah, was like, Oh was, my god, it was not a twist. William Afton. <laughs> 
Um, but he he was reading through the thing and he was like, Mr. Michaels. Yeah, and then he, he got, like, I got really, a job for you. He got really freaked out. By I was wondering about that. I, I, I thought it was going to be like a, maybe he knew the family or something, which there's I, the two, there's the two theories. Theory, yeah. If he's, if he's actually his kid, then he does know the family, but I figured it was, I, I thought that they were going to bring in the dead and or missing parents like more heavily other than the dream. That's what we were confused well. about. We were talking <laughs> about it and we were like, okay, so is it like FNAF the games where he is just William Afton's kid or is are they doing a new thing where it's like William Afton is just somehow related to the the Schmidt family and that's how he knows mm-hmm. Mike Schmidt. Um, because if he is William Afton's kid, who the heck were his parents? In, yeah well, how are they related were in the dream yeah in the dream were parents they his were actual two parents siblings. were they taryn <laughs> mm-hmm. had the theory of maybe he was adopted um there mm-hmm. maybe the dad was a, i i brought up perhaps the dad was a stepdad and the mom was the same mom uh between william afton and like mike and uh, but, but yeah no there's it's it could go anywhere we don't know I think it's probably going to follow the book logic. And my influence for that is the Freddy that lured Abby back to the establishment. Because the books, as well as the games, have now included the existence of those FNAFO discs mm. that the animatronics have that can emit a frequency that literally makes you hallucinate things full on to any extent. Visual, sound, audio, all of it. Um, we saw... Freddie appear in Abby's home and presumably kill her aunt. Which you know what's funny about that? To Just to briefly interject, I saw someone talking about that where they were like, if that was a hallucination disc, that means that Abby killed her aunt. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which she had it coming. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, probably, but... I thought um, she was a bitch. <laughs> she was trying. She was trying to incriminate her uh, completely innocent nephew to get child, d- not support. Well, custody. I guess kind of. Yeah, custody. That's the word I was looking mm. for. Yeah. So she was a bad person. There's that much. Deserves death. I don't know, but she I, was I, probably I, a little bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect. I will say, I did not expect her to just get killed. Honestly, I didn't expect her to be in the movie after like the first half. I figured that yeah. was just going to be motivation for for him working there. But then she showed up again and I was like, oh, OK, well, we'll sure. get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, I have thoughts about that. Um, but yes, as we saw Freddie appear and then take her there with a taxi that he called. Uh, and then she gets there and he's just gone. No, 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 no. I think one of the animatronics slipped one of those discs on her. Uh, probably the cupcake. Um, I love then, the cupcake. <laughs> I think that then caused her to hallucinate. Once they made that little bargain, the spirits activated the disc, which then caused her to kill her aunt, call a taxi, get to the place. Which would then also explain that William Afton gave a hallucinogen disc to Michael when he was a kid, which made him forget that he's his dad. That William is his dad. Mm-hmm. But then, that's my theory. Well, but then the the dream theory thing unwrap, which I mean, the dream theory thing was kind of shoddy at best anyway. 
I feel like with the the logic of it unlocks your hidden memories, wouldn't he then remember the unaltered version of the hallucination? Well, see, know. still, even in his dream, he was still having trouble remembering things. So it yeah. wasn't that he com- necessarily had completely unlocked his chakras and could remember <laughs> everything now. It was that he was starting to put the pieces together. Yeah. So that's why that's why I said earlier we think FNAF 3 and 4 should be movie 2 because that's like spooky wooky stuff going on in Michael's head and we think mm-hmm. that would be a good direction to take it. Um also I don't have all the answers. I was just looking for precedent in these in the franchise cuz that's very heavy in the books. Those little discs are used a lot in the yeah. books and have recently been used in Security Breach Ruin. So I think they're trying to push towards these weird discs. So long as they don't get to the sea bonnies or the Fazgoo, I'll be happy. <laughs> I, the fans already don't care for these hallucinogen discs because they're basically a, a get out of writing good story free card. But I mean, when, you are, when you're already do. dealing with ghosts, I feel like you can't put hallucinations on top of it. You yeah. gotta pick one. <laughs> yeah. But that's just what I think is gonna happen because it line. It's the only thing that explains everything and also has precedent from from the franchise right now if If, that's the direction they're going if that is the case if that is what happened um i do think taryn could just be right it could just be adoption at that point yeah Uh, i think michael could have been adopted by this family and because he was a little kid they never told him he was adopted because you don't want to tell a kid that and then um, their family fell apart because their other kid was taken so they never got around to it yeah (laughs) exactly and and then we get to where we are in the story now that's a realistic explanation but i think it's also a very boring and not movie or fnaf friendly (laughs) it's not a very fnaf explanation but then we can have the darth vader michael i'm your father from william afton you can still have that with the hallucination discs you were just talking about how people didn't like the overcomplicated hallucination discs, but you're no, arguing that, that doesn't yes. mean they're not canon to the other media. Uh, I think, because if, if we think about it, if we do the FNAF... But also four, I'm agreeing with you, the hallucination discs play into the adoption thing. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't think it should be adoption. I think it should just be his dad, straight up. And but then what's his, what's his other family then? He had hallucination discs. All of his childhood was a hallucination <laughs> disc? No, no. I'm saying he gave him a hallucination disc after he stole his brother and was like, here, here's your mom and dad. This is what they look like. And he always remembered it like that. Okay. Wait, then how did he steal the brother if it's yeah, his dad? That was my next these, question is why was he discs, so perturbed by his You guys don't brother understand these stolen discs are if that God. was their dad. These discs are God. They can <laughs> no, do William anything. Afton's God. They can do <laughs> anything they want in the story. If you read the books, they can do virtually anything. That's Maybe. lazy writing. Wait, no, exactly. wait. Maybe. <laughs> Pertuth, it is right, but he wasn't upset because Garrett was being taken away. Maybe my, William was abandoning him in the woods. Maybe. See, okay. I don't so know that's the why brother. he was panicking. Yeah, I don't know the what is going to happen. I'm just telling you the how it went down. It, it is FNAF, so it could literally be any of these things we have said so anything. far. Anything. I think if they do FNAF 2 movie and it's FNAF 3, 4, we'll figure it out. <laughs> just think mm-hmm. about it. I as hope far so. Like, it stars Mike. He's going through the nightmare of FNAF 4 in the in the nighttime or like the dream time. And he slowly begins to remember that his dad is still is William. Vanessa is presumably dead or she's going to get 
Darth Vader didn't turn into Vanny, is my guess. She's currently hospitalized. Yeah, she's going to come back and get and become Vanny. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Um, but then as he slowly, he's going to work at the, the new Fazbear Frights. I think that's the plot is going to be like, it's years later. And they're going to be like, Fazbear Frights. And Mike's going to be like, no. And so he signs up to work there to break it down, just like in FNAF 3. And so the data or the, the waking part of the movie is him working there. And then Springtrap gets out. And so the whole daytime or the waking plot is him dealing with his dad, not knowing it's his dad. Mm-hmm. And the dreaming plot, he has plagued by nightmares that reveal that William Afton is his dad. And we see the OG dream. It was a hallucination disc, yada, yada. And the in-between those parts is filled with explaining the hallucination disc. And the brother was the bite of 83. Exactly. Which Taryn said was that the bite of 87 during the movie. And <laughs> oh, was it was so funny. It was so it funny, was so funny Jordan, because no one funny. laughed. No one laughed. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and also, you Taryn was unsure of whether to commit fully to it or not, so he only said it at like a, a 5 out of 10 volume level. Lame. Yeah. I so like it was funny. It was anyone funny to me. on our <laughs> half side of the theater could have heard it, and none of them mm-hmm. laughed. And apparently, I didn't even notice, but they told me after that the guy sitting next to me tried to talk to me after that, and I just didn't notice at all. True. So I just ignored him. Completely, Taryn completely blew this guy off. Oh, you—you <laughs> he, he did to what? Make friends. Um, there was a guy right next to Taryn that sat down by himself. We were sitting. There are four seats. I, I like sitting on the sides because then you're almost guaranteed to sit by yourselves, especially uh-huh. with a group of three. Uh-huh. Um, but there are four seats over there. One a single person came and sat beside Taryn in our four sp- seat group. And after Taryn said that line, the guy turned right to Taryn, even moved up his hand and like talked to him. I didn't notice it at Nothing. all. Nothing. <laughs> so what you're saying is Taryn got a hit on at the FNAF movie and didn't nope, notice nope. it. I'm saying someone's tried to speak to him. These are not the same thing. <laughs> what I said was funnier. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, would be funnier if it was real. But actually, uh, I snuck a hallucination disc on Taryn that made yeah. imagine that person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine the person he didn't notice. Exactly. But it's important for, for the lore later. Pertusit uh, is William Apton. Um, I always be dropping back in. Good night. No, there was a fucking hallucination disc on the guy while we were driving back. No, we're not there for yet. We're still talking about the <laughs> we're, we're talking about another movie. Movie. Save that discussion that. for after the episode. <laughs> okay, fine. Sag. Um, it was funny. It was funny, but that that just is not pertinent. Um <sighs> The other thing is, why did William put that helmet back on? He did it with such purpose and intention. It was not... Uh, there's gotta be a reason he's gotta know something. Like, I I don't know if it was to fully... Because he says, I always come back. So I, right I did it. think it's so that he would fully die and fully be in the suit. There's gotta be a reason for it, though. Maybe in order for him to be able to, like, possess the suit, it has to be complete. Maybe. That's a um, good theory. I'm goofy. I forgot about something from the books again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> remnant. The... Uh, is that what the what the spinny worry saw trap thing is? No. Is it a remnant? Har- no, is it like to harvest remnant? Probably. Actually. Yes. Okay. Um, In which case, there's a strong chance that he, that 
William Afton did that so that his his remnant would mix with the Springtrap suit, which would cause him to live on in it, just like the kids in the actual suits. That was kind of my thought, because whenever they were trying to put her in the, what I'm assuming was the baby 1.0 suit, when they were trying to put Abby in the suit, I was like, oh, that's how it works. You have to die. You have to... Well, I mean, obviously the kids were stuffed in the suits and so they possess it. So they're going to put her in the spring trap suit. And then when he put the head on, it was like, that's probably, he probably knows how that works. Yeah. <laughs> remnant, which again, if you go by the games, William Afton was very well aware of remnant and how to use it and make it and work with it and everything. Which is another whole thing where it gets really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> As long as they don't bring in the scooper or sister location. See, that's, sister I thought location. I originally thought that the that the saw trap thing was the scooper, but then I was like, "That's not. Why does it look like it's tearing apart their face?" So then I thought it might be something to do with remnant. Maybe. Um, in theory, they both are for that, but I don't know. Right now, only Scott Cawthon and God know. Yeah, and perhaps mm-hmm. maybe the director or writers from the first movie. Maybe. Nope. Scott <laughs> kept it completely hidden from he everyone. Would. <laughs> Scott gonna... and Matt Pat. He told Matt. <laughs> he Pat. told Matt Pat. Yeah, right. He would never. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, they have a rivalry. He emailed Markiplier since Markiplier wasn't in the movie. Yeah. I, hey, dude, I, I know still... that you're stuck at Iron Lung right now, but I just wanted to let you know this one thing. Please quit emailing me. <laughs> I, I, I still think that it's so funny that the entire story of Security Breach had to be changed because Matt Pat guessed all of it correctly by the trailer. What can uh, I what say? Do? He was a theater major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I don't think that it should have been changed. I know that it was, and it's like, you can't change it now. I don't they, think that it, it should have been, been changed. I think that me, it me, that makes it a good trailer. Yes. <laughs> That means your trailer was effective at communicating what your game is about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of this mm. trend of like trailers can't reveal anything about the movie and they have to intentionally miss the audience. Oh my god. No. I, Subverting I expectations hate... is so much more important than if doing your anything substantial knows... with a plot. Yes. If your audience knows what your movie is about based on the trailer, congratulations, give your editor a raise. I think, <laughs> uh, I think the <laughs> crowning example of this is the final season of Game of Thrones where they literally tried to just be like actually all of the story that we've had for every single character they just all get subverted and they do not what you thought was going to happen to them Mm -hmm. and then everyone hated it and said that it was bad because it was um that's yeah no it's stupid there's a difference between predictability and good writing because your fans being able to put together the pieces of what you've created and figure out your ending does not mean that you need to change scrap the entire thing and change it it means that you did a good job of laying the groundwork and putting out the puzzle pieces and your fans are intelligent and enjoy your content and have put together the pieces that you laid out for the logical conclusion of your story <laughs> regardless like you said earlier it's done now it's set yeah. in stone i was gonna yeah. say i'm watching you guys just go on this tangent about a trailer about a game that's not the movie so i i but, just have uh, very strong opinions about trailers in general because i'm tired of this I recent hate... trend of like the trailers cannot cannot have anything to do with the movie and will intentionally misdirect audiences because that's not the point of a fucking trailer. We're in no, the FNAFosphere right now, produce it. Uh, well, okay. everything FNAF gets brought out in the FNAF. Good, because I want to bring out my thoughts on this anyway. I don't want to be the only one that doesn't share their thoughts about trailers. <laughs> I still think we should go my personal extremist route, which is rather than make a good trailer, have no trailers whatsoever. 
I could be wrong with that. Publicly, That's not how advertising works. It would be it would advertise be so another much way. better. And oh advertise. God. Don't advertise things ever. Don't let people know you can, your next move. You can subvert expectations and still make a quality thing because people just don't know what's going to happen in your movie. I hate it whenever trailers have the entire plot of the movie in them. Because now mm-hmm. I have nothing. Why will I go? There's no reason to go at that point. Just tell like me the, the name of the movie and I'll decide if I want to go. What was the last <laughs> one? When the last trailer I watched that I thought was really like that. It was, invis- was it in The Invisible Man? Is that the movie that came out uh, like a few years ago? It was a horror movie about did, yeah. a woman who was like, oh, he's invisible. And he, then he actually was. Yeah. The entire story pretty much got told in the trailer for that movie. A like, bunch of them do. A bunch of them tell the entire story in the trailer. And I'm sick of it, including the twists. Mm-hmm. Some of them try to hide it and obfuscate it. I don't care about that. I just think there shouldn't be trailers. Or if they are, like, they got to be a bare minimum. You can't include, like, a single piece of dialogue in there. Even still. (laughs) What if Scott makes Sans real and it's MatPat? Yeah. What are we going to do? I Quit talking. Uh, My main (laughs) point for this, uh, TJ and I were talking about a great way that would save the DC Universe is apparently there's a very popular, like, uh, secondary Superman from one of the other multiverses. That is a black Superman. And I think it'd be amazing if James Gunn didn't announce a single thing like about the movie beforehand. And then mm-hmm. it just it just drops and that's it's his story. That'd be, it'd be cool. a fresh Superman story and everyone would go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they did a bunch of marketing beforehand, there'd be one no twist. It would not have that cultural impact that it would otherwise. That's my that's my hallmark for my argument. I mm-hmm. can see that. That could be interesting to do a full like Superman marketing campaign just fully with the logo and icon iconography mm-hmm. and have it be a different that'd be cool. That I could see I could see the argument for that. Exactly. It wouldn't work for all movies to do the no marketing whatsoever. But uh or no uh, or no trailer whatsoever. So it's, but um, I think that you can do trailers effectively without it being like without it giving your entire story away and also without misleading audiences and i'm gonna so most recent example the barbie movie trailer was excellent and getting people excited for the film and giving people like a look at the vibe of it but you had no idea what the story of the barbie movie was going to be there was no there was no indication as to what the actual plot was but you definitely got like there's something wrong in barbie land she's gonna have to go to the real world that's but you didn't get any of the like Ken drama you didn't get any of the other messages in the movie but you got a good look at the vibe of the film who was in it and all of that stuff and I think that it was a very good example of how you can do that without making a mess of things <laughs> True. of course they had it pretty easy because when the name of the movie was Barbie everyone already knew what it was going to be like <laughs> the rest of the trailer served <laughs> to make it to show you how hard they committed to how it looked <laughs> Which was fabulous. And they committed very hard to the bit, and I'm still very yes. happy about it. But we're not talking about Agreed. Barbie. We're talking about FNAF. <laughs> Barbie-tastic, <laughs> if you will. Um. Also, I'll need your source cited on that, Taryn. What, what, they changed the whole plot because MatPat guessed it. The, the, I know this was say a confirmed that. thing. I, I need to find an actual source yeah, on it, but I, I have yeah. at some point. Because I don't know about Scholarly that. Scholarly list. I need a bibliography. (laughs) If we're going to talk about where the most misinformation and disinformation comes from, it's the FNAF community. Hard (laughs) stop. Because Uh... one person will say something once, usually a FNAF YouTuber, and then 50 million people will begin telling all their friends. (laughs) And it's been wrong the whole time. (laughs) Like Dream Theory. But 
But now it's real. Now, now it's real. It is real. Oh, uh, crunchy bottle. I didn't think it'd be that crunchy. <laughs> I didn't get any crunch. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, no, it didn't pick it up. It was crunchy in real life. I'm trying to think what other hanging chads there were from the movie. Obviously, the uh, inclusion of Vanessa was surprising. I do think her next direction is to appear as Vanny. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how they would include that in a FNAF 3, 4 or a FNAF 2 storyline because we talked about FNAF well, what 2. If, is a, what if they cool. skip over her being in the next one because she's in the hospital and then like at the end That'd we're, be setting, ideal. we're setting up the whole FNAF trilogy right now and it's probably not going to go out like this at all. But like, It might. Scott had good. an idea it's though. The, I had an idea. Continue. It's the 3, 4 movie is the second movie and then at the very end there's like a there's a at the very end of the movie, after everything happens, William Afton's back now, and he goes and gets Vanessa at the hospital, and that's how it's set up that like she's going to become Vanny. Is like William goes and gets her. Mm-hmm. Well, if you do FNAF three four, FNAF three ends with them burning it down and Springtrap supposedly dying. We know he doesn't. He, he always, always comes, comes back. back. So the way it would end is like they do it, and Michael is like, "Finally, that was five nights at Freddy's." three and <laughs> credits roll i can't believe this was the third time i spent yeah. five nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. um but then we see in vanessa's hospital she's there still reco- recovering and then she just hears mentally william afton like save me save me vanessa and then her eyes boom open my god yeah. don't leave me here i i have a i have a proposal uh-huh. So for the second movie, it is the three and four combination, but a different arrangement of characters. Mike is doing the whole FNAF three thing, potentially still has the father connection, whatever, but it's intercut. Vanessa is going through the plot of four while stuck in the hospital. That could work. So oh, she's the one out. she's out. And so she's having the nightmares and is going okay. through the nightmare and dream scenarios with all of that stuff from four. I raise you a combination. They Mm -hmm. are both going through it, sort of. And they meet in the dream. Yeah, they meet in the dream. There we go. (laughs) In the dream theory. (laughs) This time we can have dream be the cameo because of the dream theory. No, I'm just... That's what the point of the mask is. That's why William Afton put the mask on. He's the the man behind the the slaughter. Oh... Had to I be like dream and unfaced William revealed. Afton. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with men's laughter? Um <laughs> true. Yeah. If they do that though, that will unless they decide to change paths, that will set them hard on the course of FNAF security breach, which I'd rather they not. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably at least my least favorite of, of all the FNAF stuff. Could you instead swap out um two for security breach? That would just be like a prequel, though, pretty much. Uh, if you chose, like, so the plot, the over, the overarching FNAF like company plot is, you know, the Bite of eighty-seven, shut down. Mm-hmm. Other location, shut down. Or FNAF one location, shut down. Dead company. Or late two thousands FNAF uh, Pizzeria Simulator, new organization, mysterious benefactor opens up, then. It gets popular again. Uh, a different location, however, gets bought out for Fazbear Frights, and FNAF gets super popular again by another or by the same mysterious benefactor from uh, Pizzeria Simulator, and boom, Pizzaplex. 
If you instead exchange Pizzaplex with the location of two, that could work. I was just thinking with the toy robots. Yeah, just <laughs> instead of having instead of saying uh, five, or Freddy's became so massive, we built a gigantic mall-like structure, and instead we're like, we made brand new robots. They look like toys. Well, I think that'd be better. Do, you <laughs> still do Pizzaplex, but you do like. You don't I bring mean, in the. Okay, I thought you were arguing for the keeping no, of pizza plex. No, okay, never not. mind. Fuck that. I hate the pizza plex. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they just build shiny new robots, and it's a rebrand. You know that they say oh. that the pizza plex is built in the shape of a pizza slice <laughs> with drippy cheese. It's the pizza plex. What? what? Taryn probably was the architect for the pizza plex. It would be so funny. That there would explain go. how That's they the hid I need. an entire FNAF location underneath without the architect going, hmm, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, security oh. breach spoilers, I guess. <laughs> if, you're all, if you're slow on that one. Yeah, I don't want security breach in, okay. in the movies. We go to, okay, then yeah, we swap out two for security breach. There you go. Which would be great, because then you can also have the withers from the first movie in two, or in the FNAF mm-hmm. 2 location, which at this point would be FNAF 3, the movie. Oh gosh, I'm, I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say it in one sentence, so that way it sounds hilarious out of context. So FNAF 1 is obviously based on FNAF 1, but we propose that FNAF 2 movie should be based on FNAF 3 and 4. So FNAF 2 is FNAF 3 and 4, but the FNAF 3 movie should be FNAF 2. Yeah. So FNAF 1 is FNAF 1, FNAF 2 is FNAF 3 and 4, and FNAF 3 is FNAF 2. Yes. Third base. And not security breach. Not a security breach. Because I think that'll bring us to ruin. Where do we put five? Uh, isn't ruin already part of the franchise? Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, I do the... think they should do security re- or not. Oh, sorry, sister location. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. That might be like I would say do that as a spinoff. I would agree. Yeah, but they also need to do a FNAF the movie for FNAF World. How FNAF World is not going to be a movie? Yeah, or a TV like, show. How it could would you be great. Do? I don't. No, it wouldn't, Taryn. <laughs> no, the they, best... they make it a funny little animated movie. The be best so it could be is if it was a TV show for kids. Like a, like a Happy Tree Friends type deal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great. That's the best you could get for it. We shouldn't have brought Taryn on for this episode. <laughs> Thanks. Hard hard pivot. Hard pivot. We've talked about theories for most of this. I think now we need to talk mm-hmm. like technical actual movies because I am so happy about how the animatronics looked and the fact that they are technically Muppets. I know you ah! are. <laughs> I know you are, Jordan. I know. Everybody knows. This is all I talked about in regards to this movie until it came out. They you looked know, so good, though. I um, liked them. Yeah. The other two the other two had more mixed I, opinions on I them. I liked them. I think that they looked too clean. I, I think they looked like they walked out of the game. Sorry, ever continue. Same. I saw the trailer. I was not very stoked on it, but I didn't want to poo-poo on your party. But now here we are. I have to because we're recording an episode. Go ahead. I want to I wanna hear the criticism. I think that because they look like they stepped right out of the game, which is in its own right very impressive and very cool, completely tonally clashed with the film. I think they should have done the withered animatronics from 2. Okay. It looked much more frightening because 
they were not scary at all. <laughs> no, they weren't. It was the the Foxy was the only one that was a little. That was mildly, yeah, yeah. And that was because he was in a state of disrepair, like the Withers would have been. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Um, I, I can see the argument for that. I also think that that would have made their plot point of Abby becoming friends with them a little harder. Exactly. Because I think that's why Springtrap was slightly more frightening than them was because he mm-hmm. was a little bit more busted. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that both would have their merits. I think for an audience perspective, they would have looked better had they been a little bit more shabby. But for their story beats, they kind of had to still look fluffy and cute. We Levi uh, said we should do an in between between the Withers and one, mm-hmm. not quite so down that they're like the Withers, but not so fresh as the ones that were in the movie. Yeah, have some yeah. of the have some of the fur on them be a little ripped up. Have some like stuffing poking out some springs every once in a while. Don't have the entire metal. Have some of the metal exposed a little bit more, mm-hmm. but have the overall superstructure of the original FNAF one there. Mm-hmm. I can that. Maybe they'll do that in the second one. Oh, I, I'm hoping... Sec- no, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, if they do the second one, which as we know is three and four, yeah. then it would be the <laughs> Phantoms and Springtrap. Well, yeah, but they still might They still might bring in, like, the actual mm-hmm. pup, the actual, like, suits for some stuff. Maybe. I'll tell you, the one I'm most excited to eventually see on the silver screen is the Puppet. I want to see the puppet. In any aspect. Also, that'll give us more confirmation about the story because it'll establish whether or not Henry Emily, the co-founder of Freddy's, is present in the movie timeline. Then we can have the FNAF 2 song by the Living Tombstone be the credits theme. It's been so long. Maybe that's who Mike Schmidt's related to is Henry Emily. That's an idea. That's what that's what I was kind of thinking of when we were driving back, but I couldn't remember the name because I was... um, Remember I brought up uh, maybe Mike was related to the co-founders and that's how maybe. William Afton knew him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I couldn't remember the name, but that's what I was thinking. Because that would line up because didn't he kill one of his kids? Afton killed one of Henry Emily's somebody in his family, he, right? He killed uh, Henry Emily's first daughter, Charlotte, which became the puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, well, then maybe it kind of, it doesn't exactly line up name wise, but maybe they're going to make the youngest Schmidt brother, the puppet. Maybe. I still think because the youngest Schmidt brother was named Garrett, it's a parallel to the unnamed Afton third child, who everyone calls the crying child, Mm -hmm. and is presumed to be Gregory from Security Breach. They both start with G's. And while that's a stretch, as Matt Pat always says, remember (laughs) the franchise we're talking about here true they love the small details like similar (laughs) color and first letters being sent there's the freaking book that talks about the child in the pizza plex that has high scores on everything whose code name is ggy gregory Mm -hmm. so garrettry yeah yeah, (laughs) garrettry that sounded worse i don't know how well that brings up my Mm. other question there were five kids shown as one of those kids the fucking cupcake Yes, no. I think that's what was implied. I was confused because there was no well, appearance of Golden Freddy. Yeah. Well, that's because there was no Golden Freddy. There and so no I was like, there's Freddy. five kids. Each one of them looked like they corresponded to what, like, Foxy was obvious. Bonnie was obvious. But with the other three, I'm assuming the one that did most of the talking was Freddy. And I think the little Betty. girl was Chica. So does that mean that the other one is the cupcake? 
It must be because the one that did all the talking was how definitely did Freddy. Get stuffed in there. That I was have my no idea. During the movie, I was like, "How do you get a kid in that thing?" Well, I guess there's two ways to look at it because the only reason we assume the one that did the talking is Freddy is because he showed up whenever Abby ho- maybe hallucinated him, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, um, there was a kid that had a top hat that was. I presumed would have been Freddy originally. That was my first guess, yeah. but then the other kids started talking. I was like, "Well, then who the fuck are you?" Yeah. So I don't know. We, there, there's that wasn't much confirmed there. Because I was surprised that there wasn't really any Golden Freddy mentionings at all. Because I mean, you had the spring trap mentioned, but like, well, no Golden Freddy. Closest thing was in the sign. There was a thing that said, "It's me." Yeah, I saw that. Well, with, with the writing on the mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is one one thing I was said that wasn't in the movie was the um oh, I don't remember the name of the song but the the Freddie music the Toriador Mark yeah, yeah. Dun, bun, 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 I'm not gonna bun, lie bun. I started humming it to myself whenever the spring trap thing happened really because mm-hmm. I thought it was funny <laughs> I'm amazed they didn't include that but they did include the Foxy dun 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 yeah um. Yeah, that one Foxy jump scare scene. I wish he would have actually moved down the hall, running at the guy instead of suddenly I did like. Because that's what Foxy's scary. Yeah, I, you can't I really stop wanted him. to see Foxy running. It would have been so funny. For you at home that wanted to see that, there's a really good FNAF VHS analog horror series that has a a, fre- or a Foxy animatronic chasing someone in a mall for an extended scene, and it's terrifying. Oh. Guns don't work on him. Foxy is my <laughs> uh, the one that scares me the most out of all the animatronics. Just Which because of because of the speed, <laughs> it's yeah. it's the running that gets me for Voxy. It's, it's the it's the speed. Have any of you? This is kind of pivoting a little bit away from the movie, but it's still FNAF. Have you seen the the new fan game that came out, FNAF Plus? No. Yes, yeah, someone the Fazbear Initiative. Yeah, someone's remaking all of them, but like to just like they're still the exact same FNAF mechanics, members. but they just look better. And they're more scary. I was watching someone play FNAF 1 today. Oh my god, they're so scary. Foxy slams on the door when he runs down the hallway. If you have the door there, he like pounds on it and makes noise. It's terrifying. I didn't know it was out yet. I thought it was still in development. It might have been because the person I was watching, they might have like gotten it early to promote it. That might have been what it was. Yeah, I I know Um, in that same project, the guy that made... uh, Joy of Creation is remaking all of his games. Yes, it's well. part of the Fanverse initiative that uh, Scott is personally funding fan games so they can make whatever they dream of. Yeah, yeah. it was there. The that's the one I've been most excited for is FNAF Plus because it looks so freaking good. If it's out <laughs> by next year, we should do that. We should remake the the race, but just with Plus. I don't yeah. want the Jordan do it. After we get out oh, of here, I'll, I'll show I'll send the video in like the Discord Please, so I you guys see can that. see it. It's mm. scary, man. Doo-doo the FNAF 2 is three and four. And uh, yes, I said doo-doo. Um <laughs> I want them to sort of touch up the spring trap design from FNAF 3, the game. Yeah. It was not perfect, I don't think. I, that's just all of FNAF 3. <laughs> <laughs> Well, FNAF 3 is pretty alright. The Phantom things are pretty good, and it would line up more because it would be like, like we said earlier, uh, Michael's brain's tweaking because the Phantoms are not real. They just jump scare you and they're a hallucination, which would add up to the hallucination discs. Um, 
Did I jump scare you? But Springtrap, well, I don't know. His design was good, but I think it needs to be better for the movie. I don't think it should be a one-to-one. Mm. It needs to be a bit more gritty. I think. Well, I think it was mainly because it was an actual suit that he had to wear, so it had to like fit Matthew Lillard's proportions. Um, but now that he's in there, they can probably touch it up a little bit oh, more yeah, for future movies. It'll definitely decay a lot more. You know? I did love like when the when the when he was falling down and the lights kind of obscured and you could just see the eyes glowing. That was a cool shot. His eyes that are was really cool. Two things <laughs> I love about the spring trap design are the eyes and the fact that you can see the decayed body underneath it mm-hmm. barely. Yeah. Bits of the rotten flesh and stuff. Yeah. Oh wow, that wasn't okay. He wasn't touched up. He's just six four. Matthew is just six no, four he's in real life. <laughs> I, I was wondering when we watched that scene because I was like, oh my. He did look God, really tall. He's no, he's tall. a big dude. That's the thing. I was like, I, I wonder if they if they added any height or if that's just him, because he's a he's a tall guy. He did also have the ears, so the ears probably made him look even bigger. Well, as well. Were... But yeah, no, I just looked it up because I was like, he's pretty big in that scene. Well, and there were there were shots where they were shooting him from a lower angle to make mm. him look more imposing. So, it, and it worked. He looked mm-hmm. scary. The I scene of him they... walking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I love that they included the scream reference in there. Yeah, the scream reference was good. Mm-hmm. With, With the, the knife. knife that made me happy. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. I remember the very first time. I forget exactly what it was. There was a moment. It was like the first time the animatronics. They turned to look at something. It might have been during the break-in. And it was really funny because it made the FNAF 1 ambiance sound. The boing. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly I, when that even plays. I was I telling Taryn I love the sound happened. design. Mm. Oh, it was when... It's when you flash the lights and see an animatronic outside your door. That sound mm. effect. Boing. No, they, they did a really that. good job of including like in-game sound effects in a way that wasn't too cheesy like i love that they did the the foxy scream during that jump scare that was cool Mm -hmm. and the a lot of the animatronic noises sounded like they were pulled straight from the game but not in a like overt look what we're doing way i think it worked yes um yeah going more on the technical stuff i think the story was uh ironclad nearly perfect uh see that's where we're gonna have disagreements i thought they had some pacing issues what I, you no. think everything has pacing issues? I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that they they there were some things that were a little bit too long and some things that probably needed to be saved for maybe the second movie and some things that were maybe just a little bit unnecessary. There are two I, moments that I didn't quite care for um that I agree with on that the silly cutesy uh kid abby playing with the animatronics night that i did not like at all um and the other one was the conversation between vanessa and mike by the stream that, that was for my, too long yeah that was my big thing was i th- I thought that conversation was wholly unnecessary and really didn't tell anybody anything it it, it didn't move the story along or provide any information I agree that the fort building scene was a little bit too long, but I did like it because I like that they made the animatronics act like kids. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. It was, it was too long. <laughs> it was too long. I will agree with that, but I think that it was I, I think that it was a good touch to put in like the moments of her playing with them so that you also had the like very stark difference of the animatronics being kids and the animatronics being influenced by Springtrap. Yeah. And also that scene had the implication that they were all lying in a pile of rotting corpses. Yeah. I think there could have been a better way to do the their kids than the whole scene about that. Oh, there definitely could have been, but I like the direction that they were going with it. I'm not in the writing room. I'm not paid enough to think about an alternative. (laughs) I still also thought that the Ant's character was just kind of eh. Insanely important. I went over this with Terry. Important, but... It was more there. It was more there for convenience of moving the plot forward than she was an actual character. Which I prefer. Uh, Would you rather have gotten to know our our aunt really well, so she like took up twenty more minutes of screen time? Yeah, kind of. You're weird. I feel like that's kind of a that's kind of a horror thriller expected thing. You kind of have to have a like. This is why we're putting ourselves in this situation that could be dangerous. There are stakes. And then you never have to hear from her again, which mm. we did, but. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't like it very much. So, Well, uh, maybe they'll make a book about the ant just for you then. Because yeah. I understood she was merely a plot device. <laughs> she was a plot device. Well, I think that that goes to my my complaint about not really including more with the, not complaint, but my confusion with not including more with the parents other than just being in a flashback i feel like the aunt would have felt like more like a character and more important as a person had maybe the rest of the family been a little bit more important other than just the kid i don't know but i also don't with the already existing pacing issues i don't know that there would have been a place for that there are a few issues with that. there's that and there's also the fact that we don't know the lore that's going on with Michael's dad. Yeah. Who may be William Afton. So they couldn't do more with the family because it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. If they did it. Um, or it could it could not have made sense in the future. <laughs> it would have required a retcon uh, if they did more with the ant. Um, but I think it was perfectly well done because everything happened in a way that gave the reason for the plot without being a plot hole. Which in modern horror movies every single scene has 50 single plot holes or more and this one had very few to none which i give huge props to because the babysitter was exactly evil and we gave an explanation as to why she was doing things pro bono she got she was kicked out or gotten rid of at a perfect time so that way abby had to come along and meet the animatronics which was perfect time everything was done in a perfect order that gave the exact thing that was needed at the exact time which I liked. I, I will give you the story is airtight. I just would have shifted some things around, not like chronologically and event sequence wise, just like the 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 speeding up of things happening. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. There were just some things that I felt took too long or it took t- too long to build up to them. I think that the big thing that I had with pacing was I agree with you with the with the talking at the lake scene or the creek or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That kind of just put a big pause in the middle of the movie that wasn't necessary. And that might be the root of a lot of my problems with the pacing. Yeah. 
I almost feel like they did that uh, uh, with the intent of setting up Vanessa as being a major player, which I mean, she was by the end of that movie, but I mean like a major, major player, like future protagonist. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise it was like, why why he be talking to this lady? <laughs> no, why does she, she care that much? <laughs> she is also in the hospital right now, which is also where FNAF 4 is supposed to take place. If you believe Taren, in I made, theory. I made this point already. <laughs> Okay, I didn't hear it then. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's why um, I said that she should be the one, if we do the three and four combination for two, that she should be the one to be playing through four with yeah. a, and with this splash of Mike. Mm. Yeah. Um, the one thing I wish we would have had more of, but there was not really much time to do more of, was I wish we had more of a traditional FNAF 1 experience scene like we had the guard mm-hmm. who was freaked out at the very beginning as a little intro. I would have liked it more yeah. if there was a, a scene where he was actually having to like like defend the office for a little bit. Just just a little bit longer. Like give me five to ten minutes of him defending the office and before he meets his demise. Maybe three to five. And the lights oh. should have gone out. I I really that wish that they would have the started place with the... to put the Freddy thing in because yes, he could have run out of power. Would do the run out of power, and then Freddy's eyes flicker on, and it does yeah. the song, and then he bites it. Yeah, that would have been nicer. But they really, really went on the Foxy scary. <laughs> Not really, Freddy, because well, Foxy was the only one that was scary. <laughs> uh, see, Freddy. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all my thoughts in the movie. Yeah, no. I just I still I still keep thinking yeah. about the animatronics because they look so cool and they're Muppets. I mean, I guess. I know, I know your complaints, <laughs> but they looked so good. Like, like outside of the movie, craftsmanship wise, they look fucking cool. That's true. I could see the fur <laughs> on their body. It was so cool, and they were all practical. I could tell when that one scene when Bonnie fell down. <laughs> which was really goofy. Oh, it was so funny. Uh, also, Fazmobile! True! <laughs> <laughs> oh, watching Scott make Corey X. Kenshin a key character because he's the only person that witnessed Freddy in the taxi making it not a hallucination. <laughs> and the balloon boy get in the taxi. Oh my god, I love the balloon boy jump scare. That was a funny bit. I won't lie. That was that was some fan service, that but I didn't really mind. Funny. It. Every time it happened, I pointed at producer and went, "You." Uh, every time Foxy jump scared or killed somebody, I went to leave. I was like, "It's you." Yeah. You also got got by Foxy. Not that Foxy, <laughs> but it was because not that was a balloon boy that he got. It was got because by of Foxy. balloon boy. But no, that I enjoyed the balloon boy jump scares. That was a really funny bit. Mm-hmm. But is he is he alive? Because he was in multiple places. I'm assuming he was a he was a toy model that maybe the ghosts were moving. No, I think you're thinking too much. I think it's just a funny joke. I like I to know. think just, <laughs> I like to think that those that's just like a thing that's not like connected to FNAF at all. It's just a thing that happens in this universe that the movie <laughs> takes place in. There's just balloon boy statues randomly apparate anywhere at any time. My other True. thought was maybe he was a he was a prize at the prize counter and they just had extras lying around so they had them around the building. That makes maybe sense. Maybe for that exact purpose that to like prize. 
Well, that's why they Some had so many of them. The they child would have to want to get. Li- uh, listen, I will never understand why they gave Chica teeth. Like <laughs> it's it's things like that. There's certain design choices with the FNAF things that I'm like, no that's child would, no child in their right mind would. Okay, but they didn't have to give the animatronic giant human teeth. They could have just given her a beak, Jordan. Are you telling me you think that it a child would like a duck to have teeth more than it just having a beak? <laughs> How else is it going to eat children? True. It has metal uh... teeth on the inside that the exoskeleton uses. I'm just trying to point out that I don't like the Chica teeth and just because ducks have teeth in real life is not going to change my opinion. I also don't like that ducks have teeth in real life. So how else is uh, Chica going to chew up children and like regurgitate back to the cupcake like a mama bird? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> because she's made out of metal. Uh... Uh, it was done purely for this reason to agitate and perhaps frighten you by its ungodly nature. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it in, is working. In the words of Hideo Kojima on Twitter, the chicken was hot. What? He did say this. He did okay. say that. All right. Thanks, Kojima. Still not buying Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have at least two tweets about how Chica was hot to get Death Stranding. I'm going to need one about uh, Toilet Bonnie, personally. True. Oh, I can't wait so for Toilet true. Bonnie. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> if we do Toilet Bonnie, that means we're not going to see it until FNAF 3, which as we established earlier is FNAF 2. Um, but I just really want Toilet Bonnie. What if one. in the second movie they do a Easter egg and like there's a scene <laughs> where they go into the bathroom... <laughs> No, because then and all of the toilets, three. all of the toilets are themed to look like the characters of That's one's body. That's horrifying, and I hate it. Oh, but you don't hate Chica looking like that with teeth. Does that mean that mm. the Chica toilet would have teeth? Yes. The Bonnie toilet will not have teeth because it's a toilet Bonnie. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I can't remember if he still has teeth or not. I don't, I'm teeth. pretty sure he's gone. It has he? teeth. Yes. The bottom jaw has. Teeth. I thought it might. Yeah, yeah, it do. Mm-hmm. So it'll still have teeth. <laughs> they all have teeth. Mm-hmm. It's the most we unpleasant bathroom experience. I'll tell you though, I ain't peeing in Foxy's mouth because that thing is sharp. <laughs> it's got some snappers on there. Emo like, like that it. when you said sharp. <laughs> it's like the 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 uh, urinals that just have the whole. The, the like tiny hole at the front. Yeah, that's the best it would be. Yeah. This is a cursed uh, conversation. Yeah. Truly is. Just like the location of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yo. Did we account for all the games in movie form? I guess not ulti- Ultimate Custom Night. I will watch that movie all day. <laughs> FNAF Ultimate Custom Night on 5020 mode. It's there just every two seconds is a new jump scare. <laughs> It's just for a whole movie runtime. <laughs> doing. Uh, it's just them playing. It's just Markiplier's like first episode of it. That's the entire movie. <laughs> it's just... doing an edit of uh, the FNAF one uh, movie that is just uh, five twenty mode. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's what we think about FNAF. Mm-hmm. The FNAF movie that just came out. Yeah. Do you if guys think still... their teeth kind of look like Kane from the uh, Amazing Digital Circus? If you're, st- oh yeah, you wanted to talk about it. that very briefly, didn't you? I just I haven't did. seen it. <laughs> I like Palmy in the episode. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. If you really like our content, make sure to like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications on YouTube, and look for us on Spotify. If you'd like to see us continuing to do more fun projects in the future, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find our page linked in the description above all of our other social media links. And finally, if you'd like to keep up with the zany shenanigans of our lives and check out some more skit-based content and things like that, check us out on Twitter and TikTok. Links in the description. And hey, thanks.